Welcome to Nana Tings. Today's episode is going to be really cool and different. So I did a podcast about a week or two ago with my friend Laura LME, and it was pretty amazing. We talked about my book about um, anxiety, growing as a human, and all this stuff, and it's at Get Yours Radio, and it's called Made It Back. It's a new series, so I would love for you guys to check it out. I uploaded it to this week's podcast because it's really dope, so I'm going to stop talking and and let y'all listen. (laughs) Enjoy. Hello world, I'm Laura Lamy. Check out Antonio's new podcast, Nana Things, where you can hear all things of life. Available on iTunes and Spotify. Hello world and welcome back to this new Versus Emotion Space on Get Yours Radio for the launch of our Made It Back series. I'm Laura Lemmy and as always, I share this space with Uncle E, founder of Get Yours Radio. To listen to our podcast, please visit Mixcloud, Get Yours underscore radio or Mixcloud Laura Lemmy or Spotify, iTunes and uh, blogs and websites, including getyoursradio.com and my blog lauralemmy.me. This podcast is very special. It's the launch of the new series, Made It Back, as I said, and we want to dedicate it to Uncle Ian Cecilia on their very special day. It's their anniversary, so happy anniversary to you both. Much love and congrats. You are the living proof that true love can conquer and overcome anything. So another thing I would like to say is that this is our soul space. So we are not afraid here to talk about pain, love, failure, success, and feeling free to feel the winds of overcoming and empowering each other with words and exchange of heartfelt vibes. And this is the reason why my first guest launching the show tonight with me is Antonio Liranzo. Antonio is a performer, a writer, a poet from New York. He grew up in Long Island, then he moved to the city. He published his first book on June 1st, 2020, called Fallen Angel, Rising Phoenix. I read this book in like like a flash. It was amazing. Uh, it flows. It just takes you places, and it takes you back, and empowers you. It's really, really amazing, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the show, Antonio. How are you? Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, during this crazy time, I'm doing pretty good today. I have some wine going on over her. Good, um, good. <laughs> I am so happy to be your first guest of, of this. And um, thank you so much for having me. Oh, I know you do podcasts as well, right? I do do podcasts. Um, I yeah. have. It's, I started about a few weeks ago. It's called Nana Tings on Apple and Spotify. And uh, it's all about, I call it Tings because it's like I, I have such a big brain on like all these different things. So like one week it's about being gay, one week about like dating apps. And then we just get into it, you know? So normally what I do with my podcasts is I I don't want to confuse the guests and I don't want to confuse the, you know, the audience. So I start on, you know, go on a chronological kind of path. But actually with you as a fellow writer and poet and published author, I want to do it the poetic way. (laughs) And the poetic way is starting from always, now or never. So I want to start just going straight, you know, full immersion inside your book. And I want to talk about one of the poems you wrote. Um, You know, I'm going to recite these verses and I normally do not do for anyone. And Eric knows that, but not even my own verses. But I'm going to do it for you because you really, really reached my soul chords with your book. So someone that just wants to share their love ended up in a dark world full of monsters and users. 
Never before have I met an abuser. Suddenly my life has turned around, hitting rock bottom, more like hitting never-ending reality. I wanted something pure, not fatal. So tell us more about this passage from your poem, This Is Me. Yeah. What did you mean? <laughs> so I actually wrote this one um, when I was looking at myself in the mirror one night and realized that I was losing who I am in the party scene. So there was moments last year where I would go out four times a week get really drunk, not focus on who I am. And then sometimes I would either show up to work late, skip a dance class, skip being productive. And for me, it was it was sort of a self-sabotage. And it wasn't the kind of self-sabotage that's in your brain. It was more so like you're doing actions that are harming your body or harming your soul. Um, so yeah, I wrote that passage for anyone that feels like sometimes it could be in a destructive mindset or a destructive habit and they need to reel themselves out of it. Yes, absolutely. And also sometimes it's because we think that we are escaping something by, you know, going out late and being, uh, you know, very tired the day after so that we numb ourselves. But actually, it's just inside of us and it's going to be there until we, de until we deal with it, you know, we need to deal with it. Absolutely. And more verses from another poem from your book, which is called Lives. Um, you say, I've lived a thousand lives. I only ever told one lie. Truth be told, I have a devil on my shoulder, but an angel in my eye. So I want to know, is that devil still on your shoulder? Because surely you have angels in your eyes and I can see that. Yes, thank you. So the devil on the shoulder means um, your inner saboteur. So when we get those anxiety, mm. what ifs, what, what can happen? Or, you know, those catastrophic um, thoughts. Like I, I go to therapy right now for anxiety and... Um, I have this kind of anxiety where I think the worst. Like I, I could get a text message like, hey, we need to talk about something. And it could be like, what are you doing today? In my mind, I'm like, oh my God, this person's going to like do this, this, this. So yeah. that's the devil. The devil on your shoulder is that um, inner person that's like, you're going to do bad. But it's like, no, like don't doubt yourself. Yeah, don't doubt yourself. However, we don't just get there by mistake. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, it's, a, it, it's a process. Uh -huh. So. So if we get that, it's because somebody is really, really shaking us to the core and not in a good way, yeah. you know, not in a good way. So let's take a step back now. As I said, we're going to do nine, now, never, always and forever, you know. How did you discover your passion for poetry and what was the first poem that you ever wrote? So... My passion for poetry was in elementary school. So when I wrote this book, my mom brought up this memory that I totally forgot about. And she was like, you've always wrote. And I was like, what do you mean? And I, now I look back at it. I Every time I like cried or like I was bullied or I went through something, trauma, I always journaled, right? And my journaling, it didn't have a poetic flow, but it had a flow of material. So like the first five sentences or a fragment would be the topic of a feeling. And I always flowed with it. And then as a kid, I would write poems on the side. So my first poem, I mean, it was so basic. It was something like, roses are red, violets are blue. Um, I see the sky and the moon in you. You know, like I just made yeah. like that, you know, like some kind of rhyme kind of flow, which it would sort of be like a bar for rapping. Uh -huh. But uh, I would write that in like third and fourth grade. And I only wrote in cursive. 
So mm-hmm. you never found me writing in print, which is really funny because like kids hate cursive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I guess I've always been like a poet in the sense of like, I loved writing. And even till today, like right now on me, I have this like list I'll show you. Like I write in cursive on TV. Oh list. my God, I've got so many of those. Yes. Yeah. No, I want like a list and I like to write my poems here first and then I put them digital. But yeah, so that's what really got me into it. It was just more my therapy or like when I was frustrated, I would just start journaling. And then I started writing haikus and poems and I was like, oh my God, like, I could actually like make a book out of this and help people. Yes, exactly. And and you did. I'm telling you, you helped me today when I was reading your verses because the the truth is they are so direct and so easy to catch with your heart and soul. And there is no mistake about what you want to say. And at the same time, there is a depth that only the eye of the heart can see. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, really good. Um, what makes your thoughts become ink? Um, that's a really good question. So I think when I feel a hypersensitive of emotion, like, so I'm, I'm really empathetic as a human. So when I feel really fired up, I write. Um, it's become habitual now. So like, let's say like I had a really bad date or I broke up with someone or I'm just drunk in my feels. I go to my notes now on my iPhone. Like, I go on my phone now and I just write stanzas. And do, you, do you ever record instead of writing? I'm writing. I So I'm really bad at actually verbalizing my thoughts. So like, oh, okay. especially when I date someone, like they'll see it in my eyes. Cause like I have, I have a very emotional eyes where like you can see how I'm feeling. I but can like, see that. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't, I, but I won't verbalize it for some reason. I don't know what's inside of me that just won't communicate it i have to i could verbalize it eventually but i have to write first so i always always write and then i guess it's my way of like thinking and responding instead of reacting and then i verbalize how i felt in that moment and how do you see yourself now how do you feel about what um you had to overcome to get to your now um i feel good i think where i was going in that dark place of the book um I'm over that part now because it it was really the partying and like the ignoring my health situation. But honestly, writing has made me more vulnerable now because now I'm realizing that I suffer from, you know, catastrophic anxiety. So I feel good. I feel more aware. But now I know I have more work to do. Of course. Yeah. Uh, The the thing you said before about being an empathetic person i know exactly what you mean you've got one here (laughs) it's so hard sometimes right like feeling all this energy and emotion you know yeah and um sometimes you know we get mistaken by being very sad and negative but actually we are not we are not we are we are fun i i know you're fun because i saw what you do and i and i am fun i know i go i go out i laugh you know i go clubbing whenever it's possible because now you know the situation is what it is uh i go to and i laugh you know i have friends that make me laugh i it's not people just uh, sometimes mistake um being empathetic and deep or uh an- analyzing and overthinking uh with being sad and being no. sad is just a part of it, but it's not whole of it, the whole of it. So yeah, but listen, you are also a model and an actor. And what is it? What do you love about performing? What's the the most beautiful thing about performing to you? Yeah, I love this question because I I was looking through old dance studios and I post on Instagram because it's like I always I have to remind myself why I love dancing and performing. So for me, performing. First of all, actually, like poetry is my therapy, but to be honest, what's a bigger therapy for me is dancing. 
when I am in a classroom of 90 minutes and I'm giving you my full energy and I'm working out and I'm hustling to be the best dancer I could be in front of a mirror with classmates, I'm not thinking about anything in those 90 minutes. My mind is in like, it's meditation, it's, it's bliss. So for me, I love the energy. I love making people laugh. I love acting in different weird characters. I love dancing and I love you people cheering me and like, that that's badass, you know, like, oh my God, like, yeah. I don't know, I love, I think it's a part of being empathetic. I love radiating good aura energy and then receiving it back. For me, it makes me blissful. It does. And also, as you said, dancing, it, it's always been a big part of my life since I was like 10 years old, yeah. uh, from ballet to tip tap to, you know, contemporary dancing and stuff like that. And then a lot of clubbing internationally. So I've been, I've been continuing dancing. I still dance every day. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, you know, um, DJs I dance to. Um, so yeah, and uh, what, one, th one other thing about dancing is that there is no better way to actually express the energy and then taking it back by having the feedback of the people watching you, looking at you or dancing with you and sharing that moment, that musical moment with you. So I totally get you. Um, now let's go back to your, to your poems because that this one really, caught me in a particular kind of way. It's called walk. Mm -hmm. And you say game over for the non-walk of the world that is demanding more. This is so current and so true and so unbelievably um, touching. Um, what, when and how did you wake up? I woke up one day, it was in the end of January slash February. And I had a lot of health things going on in the beginning of the year. Like I had a really severe allergic reaction where my throat almost closed. Um, I suffer from a few autoimmune diseases. Um, so a lot was happening. And I had a moment where I was like, bro, like Antonio, like you're not meant to be experimenting all these things and drinking and going out. Like, and also like, I was sort of like comparing myself to like every single other like gay guy in the LGBT community where like, I felt like I had to like have a certain body or party a certain way or network a certain way. And I just woke up one day and I like, I, it was like, I was actually drunk when I woke up though. I was like three in the morning <laughs> and I was like, this is not what you want. I went to a party that night and I honestly disliked it. The environment for me was just not me. Mm -hmm. No one cared about who I was as a soul. They, it was only all about aesthetic and stuff. And I, I was just tired of it. I was tired of spending all these years doing these things and like having people deplete me instead of rejuvenate me, you know? Um, and yeah, that's it. And like pretty much those lines are about like how we're so obsessed with social media and we're so obsessed with being perfect or dating a certain guy and girl because that's your aesthetic when we're not feeding our own souls. Yeah, yeah. And also be aware of all these energy suckers around. There are so many of them. Right. <laughs> yeah. There are so many of that. And they don't, they don't even, some of them do it on purpose. Some others that actually do not realize the subject. Yeah. And, and you just want to give because you're a giver, but at the same time, you're exhausted. You know what I mean? You just need a break. You just need a break. And I recently, I have to say, I have, um, I have had, well, I'm, I'm overcoming something really big in my life. So I, I actually cleared up you know, the bench <laughs> of friends, let's say. I cleared it up and, I'm, and I, I now just see people that actually do give back and do understand what I can give to them. So I think that's, that's a, a very important part that you're mentioning there. Uh, let's talk about something fun. So what is this uh, Britney Spears 
<laughs> love that you have. Is it her music, her character, her spirit? What is it? What is this about Britney Spears? And if she will ever listen to this show, I uh, I'm asking you, Britney Spears, to get in touch with Antonio Liranzo. <laughs> I would love that. Um, Britney Spears, for me, is the reason why I'm an artist. Um, I grew up super poor, not being able to go to dance classes, and I'm, well, I'll never forget. Um, I was six years old watching You Drive Me Crazy. I mean, I knew about Baby One More Time, the first single, but like that's not what made me love her. You Drive Me Crazy came on, and I was like, who is this? girl, like, who is this pop artist? And I, that's when I fell in love with pop music. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the Spice Girls, but, like, Britney Spears for me was, like, she was doing choreo outfits, and then I'll never forget when she did I'm a Slave for You. I think I was, like, 10 or 11 when that came out. It was 2001, the VMAs with the snake. When I saw that, I was, like, this is what I'm going to do when I grow up. I was, like, oh, wow. that is what I meant to do. I meant to perform. I meant to be a badass bitch. I meant, <laughs> I meant to have costumes, and I meant to change lives, right? Um... And Britney did. She changed pop culture. I mean, I'm I'm a fan. I met her actually four years ago. Oh wow, you did. Yeah. So with her conservatorship, obviously there's that whole movement happening right now with Free Britney. You you only get to have a few seconds with her. It's not like a whole conversation. But I met her, which was really cool. It was at her Vegas residency. And I pretty much got to say really quick before getting like kicked off the stage. I was like, you are the reason why I do what I do. I entertain. And she goes, keep on doing it, sweetie. And like just hearing that from her, I was like, oh my God, like a poor kid from Long Island that had a single mother growing up and had no specific training till now in adulthood. My idol just told me that. And that was amazing. Amazing. And, and, you know, um, there is one particular song by Britney that I like, uh, which is Toxic. Yes. And uh, and there was a, a moment in which, sometimes I listen to it, um, there was a moment when I realized there's something more to this pop girl than they want us to believe. And that's, you know, because they just want to show you the surface and the blonde hair and the dance moves. But, yeah, yeah but there, there is definitely something very deep behind that, um, person and uh, behind Britney and I think that she's another one that had has been sucked energy from all her life uh, and, I, and I yeah and you know it's just still talking about her and things and stuff and the system doing stuff whatever but I, I do pray that you know she she will find her serenity and peace because she deserves that same I really Sorry. do I agree with you. I think, you know, she was so famous so quick. And then especially with the conservatorship, I, she is a good person. I mean, her music's always feel good. If you really think about it, she never had drama with pop stars. You know, like nowadays it's someone's always fighting with someone, right? She's always kept her mouth quiet and like has always just done her own thing. And that's why she's so respected in the pop music field. And it's like, that just shows you alone that she's a beautiful person. Like she doesn't care about the fight and she cares about her fans and music and that's it. But yeah, I agree. There's something deeper there and that's why her fans still love her because we know that she's a good human and a good soul and just wants to make really good music for her fans. And it just sucks that we don't always get to see it, you know? No, we never, we never see yeah. all of it because of course they keep it from us, don't they? I mean, they use these people so much in the industry and then yep. they just abuse them. Was your sexual orientation part of the reasons for the struggle you went through or and why if it was? So that's a really good question. I've been having this debate with a lot of my co-queer artists and 
they, you know, there, there's a lot of things around in Hollywood right now, right? Like we're represented, right? There's so many shows or shows with gay sex scenes, but people are not realizing that a lot of these main stars are straight. So like these straight guys are playing gay roles, but if you're known as gay, you only get to play gay roles. You never get to play a straight role, but you can't always play a gay role because the majority of the gay roles are still from straight guys. <laughs> so there's like this weird, like we're pro LGBT, but at the same time, um, our heterosexual guys, even though if a homosexual actor is better, may still get the role. Um, but for me personally, I'm I'm not at the level yet where I want to be, where I'm like booking obviously big movies or shows like FX shows or stuff like that. But um, for me, it, it hasn't hindered me yet. But I mean, I've had moments in the industry though where you know I had to wipe off my nail polish that I'm wearing right now, actually, just like a little glitter. Or oh, that's cute. Uh, no, thank you. Or I've had to tone down my Instagram, for example, like not have a lot of speedo pictures in Fire Island or like anything that's too gay, quote unquote. Are you serious? You had to put your Instagram down. Yeah. So this was very like, I will say this is circa like 2016, 2017. Oh, so in 2020, have things progress? Yes. But, you know, people, people may say that they're for something, but, you know, Hollywood's still like low key homophobic or they don't want someone that's so pro pro gay, you know? Um, but yeah, for, but what it means to me though, art alone is liberating, right? Artists, it's a way to express yourself. It comes with vulnerability. It comes with love and compassion and it comes with empathy. So, and then being gay on top of that brings this whole other realm of like, yeah, I'm still a minority, but at the same time, I'm going to be a badass bitch and let you know, I'm so proud of my sexuality. And at the same time, be a pure human and be a talented artist. So for me, I love it to be honest, like even though like we could be hindered in certain roles, um, it, there's just some like braveness to it that makes it so badass, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also there's always that little voice inside of you uh, for many reasons and you know, not only this, this reason that tells you, look, you're good, you know? you're fine you just have to be yourself and that's all you need to care about and the rest will come and if it doesn't it's not because of anything that you are are or you are not um but you know things for you are happening really fast so i'm really excited about that we should we should we will keep in touch so you can come back anytime and let me know and let me know what happens in one of your poems invisible poem you write this phoenix has learned his worth always know this fire is rebirth. Um, that's very, very close to what's happening to me right now. And uh, I shared a little tear when I read these verses. Um, so thank you for writing them. And um, have you always felt the fire inside of you? And what caused it to be put out for a while? And how did you reignite it? How did you find it back? Um, that's such a good question, by the way. And thank you for also feeling my pain and having it like help you. Um, I, so growing up, I mentioned before, struggled, super poor family. I, my fire was always a reminder, right? That as hindered as I am when it comes to income and certain situations that maybe, uh, classmates had that I didn't have and stuff like that. My mom always taught me to be proud of you and keep going. So for me, I've always had a fiery reminder, like even in dance class, like there's like five other guys better than me. But the fact that I have teachers or people applauding me knows that like I can bring my A game. So it was always a self reminder that fights your self-sabotage. So like obviously growing up, everyone has an inner voice. So my devil and angel, my angel is always stronger. My phoenix is always stronger and I outbeat it. I lost that this winter though. So 
well, I, this is my this is my my motto to to take ten steps forward and progress. Sometimes you need to take five steps back, um, and that's life, right? You're never going to be perfect twenty four seven. I mean, look at famous artists, whether they have an injury, a divorce, um, you know, something crazy happens. I mean, we were just talking about Britney with her life, like. Sometimes you do have to take a few steps back. And for me, this winter, when I wrote the book, I was taking steps back and losing my fire and, and losing focus of what, why am I on this earth? I'm on this earth to entertain, to be a good human, to love, to live. And I was only living one way. And, and for me, that's like sort of dimming my light. Um, and that, that's it. And my fire is just to be Antonio Lorenzo. It's to be a loving human and a loving artist. And it was just, a, it's a self reminder, you know, that this fire will be reborn. And with the rebirth, I'm going to come in hotter. And there are always people that either, you know, blow on that fire and make it bigger or just put it out with cold water, you know. And, and yeah. that's what we were even talking about before. Uh, it's important to know who um, your crew should be, uh, you know, the ones that really make that fire uh, bigger. And talking about that in Fields, another poem in your book, you mentioned that a you blew out away the cloudy storm. Who's that you? Is there anybody special in your life that helped you to ride and overcome the storm? So yeah, Fields is like the more positive side of my book, right? So yeah. for me, I wrote it when I was just like dating around a little bit. And like, for me, Fields is like, even if you have an interaction with someone, right? Say it's like a five week fling and then you guys become friends, but those five weeks were so amazing, right? It was feeding your soul. Um, Feels is pretty much dedicated to a few people in my life that have had, even if it was a five week fling or a best friend that have sort of like just made me feel so high. Do you know what I mean? Like high enough where I don't even need to be on a drug. Just like my, my soul is so fed and I'm so bliss, whether it's like a weekend going to a beach or, or even coming here for wine and watching a movie and like talking about actually deep emotions and like, and, and showing me that I am a human and people do care about my soul. Um, so it feels as dedicated to that. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a, a specific person when I wrote it. I know I wrote it about like when I go on flings with someone. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, there's always that. Person, I don't know. There could, there could be a group of people, a group of friends. It could be a friend. It could be, um, a, you know, a, a crush or somebody you're dating and stuff. Yeah, there could be a few encounters too. You know, when you travel, like say you meet mm -hmm. a guy that you like for a week, and when you're in Europe, and then it's like that one week though, you met a soul sister or a soul brother. Maybe like it was someone from a past life, but that one week was so romantic, and it's like, oh my god, like I can meet a stranger and and they could actually feed me. Maybe we were friends in a past life. You know, it's like that. Feels for me is like that kind of moment in your life where like wow i don't even need to know you my whole life you just made me feel amazing though no my god it's like they make your soul smile your heart smile uh or it could be somebody that's been in your life you know lingering around for many many years yeah. and uh you know you you just uh kept them always there because you love them you know anyway and 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 the, they will always be in your life somehow um yeah i, to I totally get that i mean it, it it's another one that really got to me <laughs> um what are you working on at the moment? Apart from having all the fun that I see you're having. What are your new projects? Uh, so my new projects, um, I will say the podcasting has been really cool. But, you know, hearing people like you that really appreciate my poetry makes me so motivated. 
Um, my second book technically is finished. So I wrote 40 to 50 poems. I mean, trim it a little bit and it's fun. It's about like love in the modern world. So it's about like dating apps being cheated on to threesomes to long-term relationships to open relationships to family to self-love it's every single kind of love you could think about Mm -hmm. um and yeah so i'm gonna try to focus on editing that and maybe releasing it this winter but those are my two big projects um i want to do some like acting work but to be honest with like everything that's happening right now it's like so hard to even like work with someone or do a project uh, so that's going to be what I'm really focusing on those two things. And then just like choreographing stuff for like Instagram, like going into dance studios and just sort of like moving to get out of my head, you know? Cause like when I'm not dancing for a few weeks, I start getting these anxiety moments and it's like, Oh hey. yeah, no, no, you can't, you can't just stop dancing. Once you're a dancer, you can't stop. It's I know like- I get in my head. It's like, so I danced yesterday for a workout. I did like a quick ab workout for 10 minutes and I did like 10 minutes of choreo in my room. Those 10 minutes after that, I was on a high. I was like, all I needed was 10 minutes of like pop lock and drop into like some K-pop to black pink. And like, I felt so good for hours after, like, I was like, I wasn't in my head. There was like no anxiety attack. I was like, that's it. My body needed was just some kind of like muscle memory and some fun. Um, and that's it. Yeah. So I'm going to start bringing that back into my routine. And like, that's what I'm really focusing on are those like three things, dance, podcasting, and then really getting the second book out. Yeah, I, I can't wait, uh, you know, to, to actually read your second I book. I think you'll like it. It's, uh, so my first book, I'm really proud of it because it was more my psyche talking. Yeah. But my second book's my heart talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so deep. Uh, I, it's actually every poem's like about experience. So at, I've been in a world of dating with relationships with my family members, with myself. So it, it's very heartful. Um, and it'll take you on a ride, yeah. <laughs> wow, I can't wait. Um, this anxiety you're talking about, and, and I've been experiencing this myself very much so, particularly in the past three or four months. And I've gone my way to meditate and pray and, you know, um, yeah. dance and and, and um, talk to, to people that really, I feel they care about me and they love me and they make me feel good. So... When you get these anxiety attacks, and I want to talk about, about this a little bit because I think that a lot of people around the world are having these kind of attacks at the moment, and it could be anxiety, depression, it could be both. You know, um, what do you what do you do? I mean, how do you take the moment when it's really becoming bad and you and you can't breathe? Oh my God! It's, yeah, I'm so happy we're talking about this right now because mental health is such an important thing to talk about. Um, I, I, I sort of, this is like a little tough love, what I'm about to say, but I, I really, am I allowed to curse on this or no? (laughs) Yeah, do whatever you want. As long as, as long as you, as you feel comfortable and you say what you want to say. No, I do. I have a lot of cursing in my vocabulary because I'm so free spirited. Like I don't, (laughs) yeah. So I usually tell myself like Antonio, shut the fuck up. Like, that's what I say. I mean, I'm not going to know anxiety to be that hard on themselves, but for me, I have, so I, my therapist pretty much categorized my anxiety as catastrophic where like. I talked about this earlier in the, in our interview where like, I I'll get in my head so much that like, I start thinking as if it's like the end of the world. Like I, I go there, like my brain goes like to the worst case scenario where I'm like, I'm frozen. Like I can't even do work on my computer for 20 minutes. Cause I'm, I'm having this conversation. That's like, things are on fire. Like da da da. So sometimes I literally have to tell myself to shut up. And so yeah. Things where it's like, 
when you, so I read an article, I think on psychology today, and it was saying that sometimes your anxiety thoughts go away when you recognize that it's a thought, you let it flow in and then you realize it's a fake thought and then you get over it. I've been using that method um, telling myself to shut up and then also just breathing. There's moments where I'm like, you're hyping yourself up. You don't know what the reality is. Stop the what if questions. Your, your idea right now is in your brain. We don't know what the reality outcome is going to be right now. So, shh. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes it feels like the whole world stopped to look at you having the panic attack. Yeah. And you feel and you feel like there's a big lens on top of your head and everybody's looking when actually oh it's just God. all in your head. Yeah, no one's even looking at sometimes, sometimes, you know what happens to me? I can't actually move. I just get, get mm -hmm. paralyzed, like I can't move. And I have to say, um, you know, recently I have somebody very, very close to my heart that I really love deeply, who helped me really, really a lot uh, in this period. And um, he always tells me two words, <laughs> only two, <laughs> which are turn up. <laughs> yeah, turn yeah. up, turn up, like, you know, j just get over it or whatever you want to, you know, whatever meaning you want to give to it, it meant a lot to me. And um, so, yeah, uh, you know who you are. So thank you. Love you. Anyway, so let's talk about um, more verses from your book. Why do we always talk about the butterfly, you say? The caterpillar is a symbol of a slow but worthy journey. Take your time. Self-reminder, stay positive, breathe in, breathe out, for this new chapter is as refresh refreshing as fresh air. Um, and this is, you know, when I was reading it, I was thinking, yes, this is my mantra from now on <laughs> to get out of my panic attacks <laughs> or my anxiety attacks. Um, so what, what, when you were writing this, um, I'm, I'm imagining you feeling more like a caterpillar. Uh, tell us more about this caterpillar of yours. <laughs> what, yeah. what is it all about? Um, and, you know, now that we're talking about it, I think I wrote it from an anxiety place. Because, um, you know, I, I write a lot of these poems when I'm in really my emotions, right? When yeah. I'm in like yeah. dark thought. And so there's subconscious writings, right? Like when I'm writing, I'm not thinking when I'm writing, I'm just writing how I feel. Um, so fresh air for me, it, 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 it's like, we are so glamorized by Hollywood and we're so like obsessed with like your outcome or being this like boss bitch or like, you know, making a shit ton of money and being this pop star, like whatever it is, or being like head of your financial firm. People forget the journey is so beautiful. So like, I'm not where I want to be in a movie yet. Right. I'm not even where I want to be as a poet yet, but that journey of me being dark writing overcoming self-sabotage obstacles was so more beautiful than even publishing a book. Having the book out helping change people or helping people live their lives is beautiful too because I love to help people. But that six months of self-healing is more important than the accomplishment because I'm a better person for self-healing. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely, yes, yes. The caterpillar, like the butterfly wouldn't be a butterfly without the caterpillar. And the yeah. caterpillar takes a while to become a butterfly. <laughs> so like, yes. the journey is always going to be long. And I feel like we always compare ourselves with other people. Like we go on Instagram and we're like, oh my God, this person's this age making this much money. Why am I not? And that's why after the caterpillar statement, I said, breathe in, breathe out. You know, like that's anxiety. Why am I causing myself to compare who I am? First of all, there's only one Antonio Lorenzo. Yes, there may be other people in my name, right? But there's only one me. So why am I comparing my success with other people? Like Antonio, breathe in, 
breathe out, chill, because this is a refreshing as fresh air. It's a new chapter in your life and your journey is different. That's what the caterpillar means to me. Everybody's journey is different. Uh, Leo Buscaglia, a great philosopher uh, of the modern times says, every single person is unique and is unique is their experience unique is their kind of emotions unique is what they uh, will go through uh, in life and what they will get out of life so um, i absolutely agree with you and that's what i tell my son every time there is no point to compare yourself to anyone else in the world because no one else will ever have the same journey as you do um now where can we find your book online because i want as many people as possible to read this book. Oh, um, I have it right here in my hands, by the way, guys. Hi. Great. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, I love, I love that book. So, yeah. Rise in Phoenix. Um, it is available on Amazon. I believe it should be available in Europe. So I know I'm getting, getting like Australian sales. Well, it's available in Australia, so that's a different continent. But if Australia has it, I'm pretty sure the, like, the Europe market on Amazon has it as well. Um, also, Barnes and Nobles. Uh, and it's also on Amazon Kindle. So anyone that has the Kindle app, it's super cheap. I think right now they have it for like $6.99. Um, and it's also on Apple. So it's on Apple Books as well. Um, yeah. Great. Now, I want to... Yeah, I got it with uh, by, with my Kindle, actually, yes. Yeah, it's, um, it's more with Kindle, and it's actually way cheaper, too. Oh, right? yeah. I'll, no, but I'll, I also love having all my books in one place, and just wherever I go, I just take it, take them with me everywhere. Um, so let, let's, let's go through a little bit of a slippery slope now, yeah? And because sometimes when people say, oh, what's your message, you know, concerning or regarding what you went through, how would you tell people to behave? This is not the type of question that I want to ask you. All I want you to do is you imagine, close your eyes, imagine you're in front of people that really need your, um, you know, advice or you need your, your point of view and they feel like fallen angels right now and tell them how you think they could become a rising phoenix. Um, I, I would tell these people that as low as you may feel and as high as you can go, you're going to feel like earth is against you and people are against you and, and you're going to be feel self attacked. But if you could just tell yourself one nice thing a day or, or tell yourself that you're going to get through it and you each help each other, maybe you will see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, for me, that was that was it. It was my own inner voice telling myself I can do it. Just believe in yourself. I know it sounds so cliche, but honestly, giving yourself even one or two compliments a day and just knowing that you could outbeat this will go such a long way. So I would hope these fallen angels would understand that um, and really just learn that you can't compare yourself to even the other falling angel. You, you, you all are your own angels in your own way, and hopefully you can get up and realize that and, and keep pushing forward. Yes, and also that you know, there's sometimes when you are a fallen angel or when you are in that situation, you actually do not realize all you see is just the worst, you know, in everything and everybody and yourself, above all yourself, and you do not believe that you will have the strength to get up and do something that you feel is unthinkable and impossible. And then, and then something even small like a little feather flying around you happens whatever you believe in you know if you believe in angels if you don't if you believe in god in jesus whatever but something small or big happens and 
that moment is so cathartic and so um, beautiful because you actually realize that, look, it wouldn't take that long or that much, but you need to be awake. You need to have your eyes open because if you don't have your eyes open, you will miss that. You will miss love. You will miss, um, you know, temperance. You will miss compassion. You will miss all of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's scary. We understand that, but open your eyes and and hopefully you know have have some self love even if it's ten percent any anything goes a long way you know yeah and one day you can turn around and say I made it back I yep. made it back I did everyone's journey is different so maybe making back will take a year maybe some people will take five days you know um, of course remember not to compare yourself it's yeah it, the journey is the journey you can't just cut. You know, it's not like having shortcuts. Um, it is just a question. And then, you know, I, I believe that if your path needs to be longer, it's going to be longer just because through that path, you're going to find the best uh, version of yourself. And that's all we want to be. That's what we need to become, you know, and what we need to teach our children and uh, communicate to our friends and our family and uh, people who love us and care about us. Um, so, Tell me a little bit. I know, I know this is unexpected, but it just came up to my mind. I, I just want to know your your passion about your city, about New York. What it, what does New York represent to you? Oh my God, it represents so much. Um, it is a city of dreams for me. I am obsessed with this city. I'm obsessed with the culture. There is such a beautiful artist community, whether it's theater, fashion, photography, acting, well, TV and film acting inside of theater, but it is... The city for me, just seeing a building is why I'm here. It, it reminds me, like, you could you could be your own LLC. You could be your own entrepreneur. No, one, no one's going to tell you what to do. If you have your mind on your money and your money on your mind, you're going to be successful. You're going to be a business. Um, for me, and, like, as an artist and as a, a poet and people, you know, someone that's publishing their own stuff, we do become a business. And the city reminds me that this hustle is going to be hard. But like, that's what the city's about. Manhattan is built on that, you know, it's, it's built on doing like making your dreams come true. And for me that these are, these are my dreams coming true and I'm doing it in the city that motivates me to do it. Yeah. I feel the same about London. Um, London has been for me. Yeah. London has been for me the, the, the eye opener of um, big parts of my life. Um, and you know, there's the music, the culture, people, arts, and the fact that here really, well, in my circles anyway, you could be anything, any, anything you want, you know, they don't care about how much money you have or, uh, who you are, or if you're straight or, you know, whatever, they don't care. All they care about is, you know, looking at your soul. I was lucky enough anyway, to meet people like that. So, um. I have to say, great circle of friends here in London. But I'll be coming to New York. I'm telling you, yeah. I, don't, I, I want to party with you. I'll be coming to London. <laughs> I have to come to London. I'll show you partying in London. Yes. I was supposed to be there this July to see Lady Gaga. So her concert got pushed to next week, next year. Mm, so I'll be yeah, there next year. Yeah, of course. I'm All live concerts. Year. Yeah. Yeah. What is the? I, I want. To, I want to close with one little note on the situation we are going through right now, and then another positive note. Um, so what what is happening in your world with this, um, you know, Corona lockdown situation? Um, a lot is going on, actually. So I had a really bad in, in March. I mentioned before I have a lot of autoimmune diseases. So I got really sick. Um, I was sick for 21 days. So March for me was a blur. It was really just like being scared because there wasn't information out in March. 
So I was one of the first cases in like my workplace, my friend group, my family. So I had a lot of panic on me. A lot of people were projecting their fears on me. I was thinking I was going to die daily because, you know, no one had information. My own doctors were like, we don't know to tell you to go to the hospital or not. Like when my chest started hurting, I couldn't breathe on like day 14. They were like, maybe go to the hospital or get a nebulizer. So March was rough. And then April and May were, were not that bad. Um, I, I got better and then I focused on self-healing. I published my book because I was like, with all this free time, I'm going to start meditating and really learning like what are my evil roots in my brain. But then lately, now that it's a routine of doing nothing almost or having this like realm of like no, and you know, as a creative, sometimes we need projects in order to function <laughs> because if a creative does not have a project or goes months without doing anything creative, they get in their head and that's how inner sabotage comes out and then anxiety. So lately my anxiety has been really bad. So I've been focusing on seeing a therapist, focusing on mental health and getting in projects. Like that's why I started a podcast. I need to dive in stuff. Um, so for anyone out there that is going to do the same thing, I will say it is normal actually, because every creative I speak to are going crazy because it's just like, everything's on pause. So don't feel alone. Um, try to do some self projects, whether it's even like journaling, even if you're not a good poet, maybe make some stanzas, have some fun with it. Um, make music podcasts, like I don't pick up on reading a lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what's been happening. <laughs> yeah. And I want to, uh, you know, this proposal, first of all, I'm really sorry to hear that. I didn't know what you went through and uh, it must've been so scary. And I'm so glad you, overcame everything and, and you healed and you, you're here now in all your beauty and you look so healthy and I'm so happy. So I'm, I'm so happy to, to see you, um, you know, overcoming that. I actually lost friends. So two of my friends died. So it's terrible. And, um, you know, that there's not only that part, there's also all the other part where you were saying nobody knows exactly what's going on and what it's all about. And I, to be honest with you, I really don't know what to believe anymore. And I really don't know uh, how many lies we are, you know, we've been told and how many lies we will be told um, going forward. Um, but um, I, I just want to say this proposal to anybody listening, if you want to share or need support and, you know, want us to talk to you or do anything for you, please go to getyoursradio.com. Um, send an email to the contact section and we will be more than happy to talk to you and if you want to come on the show on the podcast we'll be happy to evaluate your request you know as much as we can do um also antonio you are quite active on social media so where are you on instagram i'm on everything uh <laughs> at tony nana t-o-n-y-n-a-n-a -A -N -A, and then for twitter it's tony nana 101 so t-o-n-y-n-a-n-a 101 but specifically Instagram, for sure, yeah. I use that as a platform for everything. You know, people have like multiple Instagrams. Nah, I'm I'm proud to be an activist and also an artist. So like that one Instagram, you will see everything: dancing, acting, podcasting, activism, um, and fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly, fun. That's the the one thing that uh, I always noticed about you, even before talking to you on Instagram. Um, so Antonio, thank you so much. This has been like one of the greatest conversations I had since I ever started my podcasts. No um, I'm grateful to Eric for putting us in touch. Yeah. I mean, you, you, your family. So let's say that. <laughs> and when he listens to this. So yeah. yeah. And again, um, happy anniversary to Eric and Cecilia. I love them so much. I've been work, working, collaborating with them for such a long time. <laughs> 
so Antonio, just to, before you go, uh, I want you to, uh, I'm inviting you officially to come back as soon as your second book is out. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, uh, oh, sorry, just one more thing. Where are your podcasts? What's the name of your, what's the title yeah. of your podcast? Nana Ting, so uh, like my username, it's N-A-N-A, and then Ting's is T-I-N-G-Z. So it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor. I, it's like on a platform. So please check it out. We talk about really fun things. Um, I have a health, actually, COVID episode coming out next week. Um, and I just talked about a mental health with empathy and creativity. So we talk about some real stuff, but we also talk about some like fun stuff, sex stories, travel, all that. <laughs> wow, cool. That seems really... Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be listening. Uh, well, when is he on? Every week? Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to be uploading one tonight. I actually have to make one tonight. So what I try to do every week too is like self talks. So tonight's going to be about like my talking to myself about my anxiety, um, about dating, stuff like that. So usually Wednesdays, you could catch them in the morning. Um, and then you'll see bonus episodes. I just released two last week just for fun. So people can have extra stuff to listen to. So stay tuned. <laughs> great, great. I can't wait to listen to it. Uh, thank you again, Antonio. Uh, uh, please, everybody, who whoever listens to this podcast, I just want you to know that there are so many amazing verses, empowering words in Antonio's book. So Falling Angel, uh, Rising Phoenix, uh, get it as you can. Uh, and when you can, uh, it, it is very cathartic. It's, it's very emotional. And uh, I really loved it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Talk to you later on Nana Tings.